Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern, and today is Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. And the poem that I'm going to read to you is The Fall of Rome by W.H. Auden, an English poet who lived from 1907 to 1973. Certainly one of the most important poets of the 20th century, one of the most celebrated and beloved poets of the century. And uh, this is how it goes, The Fall of Rome by W.H. Auden. The piers are pummeled by the waves. In a lonely field, the rain lashes an abandoned train. Outlaws fill the mountain caves. Fantastic grow the evening gowns. Agents of the Fisk pursue absconding tax defaulters through the sewers of provincial towns. Private rites of magic send the temple prostitutes to sleep. All the literati keep an imaginary friend. Cerebrotonic Cato may extol the ancient disciplines, but the muscle-bound marines mutiny for food and pay. Caesar's double bed is warm, as an unimportant clerk writes, I do not like my work on a pink official form. Unendowed with wealth or pity, little birds with scarlet legs sitting on their speckled eggs, I each flu-infected city. Altogether elsewhere, vast herds of reindeer move across miles and miles of golden moss, silently and very fast. As with a couple of Auden's more notable poems, The Fall of Rome has been written about extensively, uh, constantly uh, compared to uh, other poems like The Wasteland and and T.S. Eliot's uh, work. Many interpretations have been made of it. You can find dozens and dozens of blog posts online, let alone the the more academic writing that you can find in JSTOR or books on Auden or his biography or any number of places like that. And many of those blog posts and and things like that are are quite helpful. Uh, It it does have a sort of wasteland feel to it in that there is illusion after illusion, suggestion after suggestion, and sometimes it's hard to know what, uh, what each of those suggestions mean. But in some ways, trying to parse out what each of those illusions are for or uh, what, they're, what they're supposed to represent, is it, it can make things more clear, but in some ways it's, it's less interesting to me than what the poem itself suggests. I find Eliot's suggestiveness and Auden's suggestiveness uh, so kind of entrancing, so interesting, even when I don't know what they're specifically talking about. So in the poem like this, there are certain images that makes sense, right? Like, for example, the fourth stanza, it's right in the middle of the poem. Cerebrotonic Cato, Cato was a, was an orator, a statesman, a Greek state, I mean, a Roman statesman. And it says, Cerebrotonic Cato may extol the ancient disciplines, but the muscle-bound marines mutiny for food and pay. So that's one of those stanzas that we can really dig our teeth into. We can, we can understand. Cato can be up there uh, lecturing and, and speaking and orating about uh, these ancient disciplines, which are so important to the preservation of a society, while at the same time, there's these Marines, these soldiers who put their life on the line, who don't have what they need to uh, to live. They don't have their food and their pay. So we can get a stanza like that. We can we can we can understand the the notion of uh, an unimportant clerk who writes, "I do not like my work on a pink official form." You know, that's an image that's referred to, or at least that sort of image is it comes up a lot in Alden's work. 
But then there's other stanzas, which uh, are uh, other other images, which are a little bit more confusing, which are uh, harder to sink our teeth into, like private rites of magic send the temple prostitutes to sleep, all the literati keep an imaginary friend. Maybe we'd know more if we knew more about Auden, maybe not. And maybe it helps to know that this was a poem that was written right after the end of World War II, after the t- uh, you know, as the British Empire is, is itself dwindling, not unlike the, the Roman Empire. But sometimes I think trying to, like I said, trying to parse all that out is a distraction from the beauty of a poem like this. And the beauty of a poem like this is that we get to spend a lot of time with it. And I think the more time we get with it, the more we come to get a sense of what the suggestions are all leading towards. You know, there's this concept of decay which runs throughout the poem, of things that once were great, losing sight of what made them great, or uh, misunderstanding what made them great, or um, perhaps having too much pride to realize that they're not as great as they think they were under the surface. So there's all these suggestions in the poem but it's all done through this precise formal structure. Auden was known for being able to write in many different forms. And we see that here. There's a, there's a rhyme scheme and there's a specific meter. And, um, he, you know, he, it feels so free, Auden's verse. But it's bound by a, by a specific form. It's bound by precision. Um, and he is a classic example of where the form itself uh, sets him free. And, of course, it helps that he was supremely talented. That talent goes a long way. For example, you look at a line like the final line of the poem, silently and very fast. It's such a great line because silently, the word silently forces you to pause. Then we get those last three words, and very fast, which speeds you up again until all of a sudden it's over. So a line like that shows how, uh, how, how skilled he was uh, in the art form. Another place where that skill shows up, for example, is in that line in the stanza, Caesar's double bed is warm as an unimportant clerk writes, I do not like my work on a pink official form. And one of the reasons I love that is because um, we've got this, you know, if you, it, there's all this enjambment that creates a, a coherent idea, right? Caesar, Caesar's double bed is warm as an unimportant clerk writes. So the unimportant clerk is writing. And so you have a sort of time-based simile there. So then you have the concept that Caesar's bed is warm while an unimportant clerk writes. And yet at the same time, we have, could also do the simile that Caesar's double bed is warm as an unimportant clerk, <laughs> which I love the suggestedness of that. And then we get the idea of a pink official form, that, that the words are being written on a pink official form, pink being a color that is associated with warmth. So there's all these different suggestions that are going on in, this, in that stanza. Um, and I don't, feel like personally I need to know exactly what he's what equation he's trying to say there what what meaning he's trying to draw because the experience of it is so interesting and worth and makes it worth spending time with so personally that's enough for me and I know that's not enough for everybody Um, but I hope that the experience is at least interesting even if it can be bewildering at times so that's why I wanted to read a poem like this even though you and I will probably come to different conclusions about what different things mean in it. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want to, you can do the research, but first let's let it be an experience is what I say. So, uh, one more time, here is the fall of Rome by Auden. The piers are pummeled by the waves in a lonely field, the rain lashes an abandoned train. Outlaws fill the mountain caves Fantastic grow the evening gowns. Agents of the Fisk pursue absconding tax defaulters through the sewers of provincial towns. 
private rites of magic send the temple prostitutes to sleep. All the literati keep an imaginary friend. Cerebrotonic Cato may extol the ancient disciplines, but the muscle-bound marines mutiny for food and pay. Caesar's double bed is warm, as an unimportant clerk writes, I do not like my work on a pink official form. Unendowed with wealth or pity, little birds with scarlet legs sitting on their speckled eggs, I each flew infected city. Altogether elsewhere, vast herds of reindeer move across miles and miles of golden moss, silently and very fast. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.